Welcome to the Peas Podcast. We're going to be delving into the captivating world of Lytton Local Legends. I'm your host, Joan Pees, and I proudly serve as your state member for the seat of Lytton. In this podcast, we will be celebrating the rich tapestry of our wonderful community by highlighting extraordinary stories of individuals and businesses that make Lytton the truly vibrant place that it is to call home. From historic figures, contemporary heroes, and industry and commerce, we'll explore the diverse talents and remarkable achievements that have shaped Lytton's identity. Each episode will be a journey through time as we uncover the untold tales and remarkable contributions of those who have left an indelible mark on our beautiful home. In today's episode, I'm really thrilled to have a fascinating guest with us. I've got Matthew Hollenby from Patrick Terminals. The Port of Brisbane is um, an integral part of Lytton and Queensland's uh, community and economy. And Matt from Patrick Terminals will shed light on the crucial role that the terminal plays in our local economy and share insights into the behind the scenes operations that keep our community connected to the world. So sit back and relax and enjoy and join us as we embark on this exciting adventure of celebrating Lytton's local legends. Let's dive deep into history, inspiration, and the stories that unite us as a community. Welcome to the Peace Podcast. So Matt, welcome. Thank you very much for being our first guest on the Peas Podcast. I'm honoured, Joan, and oh. uh, very thankful to be here. Very oh. pleased to get the opportunity. Well, Matt, it's great to have you. You're a very experienced um, logistician. Is that the correct pronunciation? It's a bit of a mouthful. We'll go with that, yes. Yes. And you've got over 30 years' experience in industrial, operational and general management roles with Patrick and its associated organisations. Yes, that's right. My whole life has been uh, dedicated to the Stephen Ring industry. Yes. Wow, that's fantastic. So Matt has been instrumental in the commissioning and the progressive expansion of the Patrick Brisbane Autostrad Terminal and the first automated marine container terminal in Australia. Now, we'll be hearing a bit more about that, but it is the first in the world to use automated straddle carrier technology. So welcome, Matt, and thanks again for coming in today. It's a pleasure. So would you like to give us a brief overview of Patrick Terminals and the history? You've been operating since 1919 as an organisation, um, but you've evolved quite significantly during that time. Mm. So would you like to give us an overview? <clears throat> Patrick started as a shipping company in Sydney. Uh, James Ronald Patrick uh, was the founder, a Scotsman, uh, a bit of an Indiana Jones type character, actually. <laughs> um, came to Australia as a young person, started the shipping business, um, it failed twice, but uh, on its third iteration in 1919, um, it, it stood the test of time. It ran uh, up and down the coast of New South Wales. And the company's evolved, obviously, subsequent to that. It got into agency work, uh, stevedoring, wharf management, things like that. Uh, various iterations, as I say. Perhaps the, um, the modern iteration started in uh, the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Chris Corrigan bought into the business. Uh, Patrick's now operate in the four um, ports of Fremantle, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, obviously. We have a national operations centre in Melbourne and a head office in Sydney. 
we're on Australian stevedore, but um, you know, running in our veins, so to speak, is the blood of that original Patrick's. Now, plenty of companies have been um, you know, brought into Patrick's, subsumed by Patrick's in that journey. There used to be many, many stevedoring companies in Australia. There are now essentially, what, three or four terminal operators. We're the largest in Australia, but we only operate in Australia. That's fantastic. It's an amazing story. Mm. So give us a bit of a background as to what stevedoring actually is. Right, stevedoring. Okay, stevedoring. It's a funny word. Mm. Do you want to have a guess where it comes from? No. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so the, the root of the word is Latin, actually. Ah. Stapare, meaning to pack tightly. Right. If you go back in history, what does a stevedore do? A stevedore is required to load and unload cargo ships. And the cargo needed to be stowed tightly, packed tightly, mm. so the ship um, would remain stable at sea. So traditionally a stevedore engaged in handling a ship. In the modern era, um, with the advent of container terminals and containerization, the role has changed somewhat and has now expanded to include the receival and delivery of cargo um, and marshalling of that cargo so it can be loaded onto the ship in an efficient manner or once discharged, distributed to the community. So the business we run, yes, we load and unload ships, but we also handle road transport, we operate a 39-hectare facility where all of these cargo handling functions can be undertaken you know, in, in a very safe and efficient manner. So the concept of stevedore is a little bit broader than it was traditionally. It essentially still focuses on ships, which to an island nation like Australia mm. is obviously Very critical. important. Yeah. Yeah. So that leads us on to um, obviously there's a, a lot of changes in terms of technology and the way yes. the job is done. and. Patrick has a great history associated yes. with that. So could you share some of that with yes, us? Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, we, often, we often get bad press on the waterfront. And I think it's undeserved in many instances. Mm. Yes, Absolutely. we have industrial disputes, but we have them at a time when, um, under the, the Fair Work legislation, there are periods of protected bargaining. So that's as the system operates. And uh, so we have stoppages, just as there are stoppages in other industries. Mm. But because of the prominence of stevedoring, because of the prominence of the waterfront to an island nation, they tend to finish on the front page of the Courier-Mail <laughs> more so than other disputes, perhaps. But um, outside of those periods, it's a stable, mm. productive environment, an excellent workforce that have accompanied us on this journey from a manual operation mm. through to... To be honest, one of, one of the best automated terminals in the world. So a few facts that your listeners might not necessarily know. Australia in world trade terms is relatively small, mm. I mean, 1% or 2% of world trade. Most world trade is circumferal. It goes from Asia to America to Europe. So you know, trade lanes to Australia, small by comparison. Similarly, the Port of Brisbane, whilst it is one of you know, the best ports in the world in terms of its um, setup. Uh, structure, its commitment to environmental principles and things like that, it's relatively small. It's, I think, port number 100 in the world. Having said that, though, having said that, we were the third terminal in the world to automate. The first was in Rotterdam, the second in Hamburg, and we were the first, the first in the world to use this form of technology that you referenced, the automated straddle carrier, the Autostrad. Now, once again, important for your listeners, this is not technology that we bought from overseas. Mm. It's technology that was developed by Patrick in conjunction with the University of Sydney's Centre for Field Robotics. Mm. So I now have stevedores from around the world come to Brisbane 
to see what progress we've made on stevedoring automation. But we can proudly say <clears throat> that this particular form of stevedoring automation, first in the world, in Brisbane, at the Patrick Terminal, mm -hmm. which I think is a marvellous uh, feather in our cap. It is fantastic. And uh, it just blows me away going out there. I went out to, to the port just recently to Patrick Terminal when you had the open home day. Oh, that was great. Brisbane Open House. Oh, what open a marvellous yes. event. Oh, magnificent. And to see the business going on and all of the um, autostrads running around mm. and it was fascinating, absolutely mm. fascinating to see the the um, what technology has done. It's created mm. a really, really safe workplace. Very safe. Yes, and and that that's a that's something to be you know applauded. It it is an incredibly safe workplace. It's cardinal principle of Patrick that uh, we send people home safe every day. Is mm. the motto we use. And to be honest, as the manager, and I've been the manager there for many years, as you referenced at the outset, I, I am absolutely committed to that. I mm. mean, I've known these people uh, for so long. The reality of life is most people have very long careers on the waterfront. Mm. It, it's a great job. Mm. So there's a tendency for people to join and stay with us for most of their working lives. So I've worked with people at the Patrick Terminal, uh, you know, in some instances for 30 years. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, gone, it goes beyond just the employer-employee relationship. Mm. And it's know. a generational employer as well. well, well you're, you're right. There's been criticism of that. Um, but oh. to be honest, criticism in some quarters, but we have some you know, really proud examples of um, sons and daughters mm. Uh, following in their father's footsteps. Personally, I don't have a big problem with dynastic stevedoring uh, yeah. done the right way. The best example we've got is we employed um, a chap, uh, then we've had his son and now his son. So three generations of the Williams family actually have um, served at Patrick's and done a marvellous job. Oh, I'm surprised that people would object to that. I think there's a lot to be said that um, people feel a commitment to an organisation and, and what loyalty, and it's obviously goes both ways. Mm. So it's loyalty from the organisation and also from the family that are working there. I, so. I think the concern is if that becomes the exclusive oh, mechanism. Oh, yes. I, I get you that way. Which but. we don't. Um, it is um, application based on yes. merit, always. Mm. But uh, a number of our existing employees, their sons and daughters have been successful in that merit-based pro process. process. Mm. And um, I, I personally think it's great. Mm. And as you probably deduced, I'm not adverse to the stories of the old mm. waterfront. I mean, the rich history of our industry is such yeah. that, um, yeah, I think you need to appreciate history. Oh, for, absolutely. For work in our business. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great um, corporate member to have in our community. You, mm. you are, I'm very proud to have um, Patrick Terminals in, mm. in the communities, and mm. and thank you for all the work that you do. I was there on the open house day and I saw that um, the seafarers were set up with a barbecue, making yes. some good money. Yes. Seafarers is a great organisation. Uh, tremendous. I mean, uh, seafarers as a group of people, so uh, for your listeners, these are the crews on board the international mm. cargo ships. They did it particularly tough during the COVID mm. situation. They weren't necessarily allowed to come ashore. Some of them were on the vessels for anything up to 12 months. Um, the mission to seafarers, runs a centre, as you know, mm. you've been there, um, to give these people, you know, a bit of respite while they're in port. It's not mm. like the old days. In the old days, a ship would come into port. In the very old days, it could be there for weeks. Mm. And obviously the seafarers had a chance to come ashore and, you know, see the sights and what have mm. you. Now, uh, a container ship at Patrick, 
on average is there for less than 24 hours. Mm. So the crew don't really get a chance to do too much. So the Seafarer's Centre, which is on Fisherman Islands, um, just gives them that home away from home. A bit of a shout out to them. They're desperate mm. for volunteers at yes. the moment. It's a marvellous organisation. Mm. And if um, people had a bit of a time and uh, an interest in the waterfront, interest in ships mm. and the sea, mm. uh, you could do... Could do worse than volunteer for the mission to seafarers. Yeah, no, it's a it's a lovely um, organisation, but Patrick um, Terminal and their staff are, are well known. They um, did a lot of work raising money for um, a fundraising cause that um, I ran during COVID to raise money to be able to buy kids some tablets and um, oh, devices. Yes. Yes, it was I a, recollect that. Yeah. and also food drives. And yeah. So you know, thank you for that commitment to our community. They're good guys. It's a good workforce. Mm. Okay, just on that point because. I, I want your listeners to understand that notwithstanding the fact that it's an automated environment, mm. <clears throat> we still have a, a very strong workforce. Yes. There are 195 stevedores who work there wow. and we have a, a management and you know, technical staff of about, what, another 33. So and realistically, we're employing 230-odd people, mm. okay, uh, in a range of roles. So it, 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 it tends to be some misinformation perhaps in certain quarters that automation inevitably destroys jobs. I would argue that automation, automation can remove dangerous, mundane uh, jobs to the benefit of all, but in its own way creates other jobs as well. Mm. So, um, the 195 stevedores we've got, <clears throat> many of whom are your members um, or constituents here, have um, you know, been of, of great assistance in improving the technology over time. Mm. I mean, at the end of the day, <clears throat> I may well be the manager, but I can't drive a crane. Mm. Couldn't drive a straddle carrier. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you look to the people who can do those things mm -hmm. and inevitably they're the ones with the best suggestions for improvement. So um, I'm very proud of the relationship we've got with our workforce, actually. Mm. You know, they're by and large a decent group of people. Yeah. They understand very readily that we are just an Australian stevedore mm. and we are competing with two other stevedores who are effectively multinationals. Mm. So we need to be at the top of our game. So our technical proficiency, our leadership in the technical space, and that's not doubted. I mean, our form of technology is superior. Um, the guys assist us with that because our success is their success at the mm. end of the day. Absolutely. No, it's, a, it's um, a great to see the, the commitment and the work going on out there. So with your, um, the Autostrad equipment, mm -hmm. uh, do you, is, I, I know it's robotic, I understand that, but I know there are other terminals out at the port that use a similar technology, but yours is a little bit different. Because, yes, mm, yes, quite different. Could you explain different. what it is? Okay, let's explain the Autostrad first so mm -hmm. your listeners can get a mind picture of that. So it is a machine which, as the name would imply, straddles a container. So it's like an inverted U, but it's big. It's mm -hmm. three storeys high. Fully laden, it can weigh 60 tonnes. It can move at 27 kilometres an hour, but it has a positional accuracy of two centimetres. So <clears throat> we have 35 of these machines deployed in a 39 hectare terminal, yet we know where these, you know, effectively giant industrial robots are it's within two centimetres. Now, we require that level of specificity, <clears throat> excuse me, because we have to place the containers behind the crane in, in a very... A precise way so our crane drivers can come back pick up the box load it onto the ship pick up the box load it onto the ship stevedoring is you know the quintessential time is money type business so speed mm. is of the essence safe safe 
speed and damage-free you know, operations are what we aim for. So if, if we had a situation where the box was not put down precisely behind the crane and our crane drivers had to long travel up and down to pick it up, we'd go out of business in short order. So our system, uh, yes, a straddle carrier, the two hallmarks of the system, as you might recollect from the Brisbane Open House, mm. we use a millimetre wave radar, mm. which um, gives us the navigational uh, data for the machine. So as I say, we know where it is to within two centimetres. So we don't rely on global positioning, which is what's in your mm. phone, because that's insufficiently precise. Mm. If you're lost in the bush, global positioning, great. People can find you. But in our environment, <clears throat> with an accuracy of what, maybe one and a half metres, it's just not up to the task. So a millimetre wave radar, which is fitted to each machine, is used to triangulate the position of that machine off of the light towers in the terminal. So we get that positioning. Now, the other great um, point of differentiation between us and other forms of automation in stevedoring is that we use a virtual grid. So the machines are pathed along a series of nodes. These are virtual waypoints in the terminal, surveyed waypoints. They don't exist physically. There's no magnets or transponders or what have you embedded in the pavement. It is a virtual grid. So a combination of those things. <clears throat> we know where the machine is using millimetre wave radar and we utilise a virtual grid for the system to path the machine through the terminal. Importantly, and really importantly, as we're often asked this, is there somebody out the back controlling the machines? <clears throat> We're fond of saying it's not a Nintendo game. <laughs> it is a proper freeform mm. application of automation. So the system is making decisions, uh, providing the equipment with movement instructions based on the proximity of particular machines to the target cargo. I mean, it's hideously complex. Mm. I don't pretend to understand the technology. Mm -hmm. I understand how it's used, obviously. But um, you know, the clever folk at the University of Sydney and uh, our partners in this journey, which has now gone since 2005, um, have really brought this to a, to a fine pitch. Mm. Now, to your point, how does it differ from our competitors? Our competitors um, use a form of stack management, which is automated. So there's, they have a higher density stack arrangement. Um, well, how would I describe theirs? It is, we, we handle all of the functions in the terminal usually using the automated straddle carrier. So working the ship, working the road, uh, housekeeping moves, consolidation moves within the stack. They are only partially automated. Their stack is automated and their roadside, but their ship working, so moving boxes to and from the container crane, they still, still use uh, driven straddle carriers. So we would say, mm. somewhat biased and but unashamedly, that our system is better. <laughs> we would describe ours as a fully automated system mm. And we would say that theirs is a semi-automated system. And um, all developed in-house, well, with the, yes. with the University. University of Sydney Centre for Field Robotics. Very clever people, um, several of whom, um, you know, we subsequently employed. I mean, to be honest with you, when I first met them, you know, hats on backwards and baggy shorts, uh, <laughs> PhD students and things. Uh, but, yeah, marvellous working partnership. A long time ago now. This is the yeah. late 90s. So we... We worked our first ship under trial in 2002 and we were running out of space at our old container terminal, which is at Berths 1, 2 and 3, mm. Fishman Islands, now occupied by a company called AAT. Mm. The leadership of the business at that time, 
Chris Corrigan, we were running out of space and these trials were, were going tolerably well. So we had the ability at a, a small sort of separate birth, birth seven, to really give this a run. So we created what is effectively a microcosm of the larger terminal you can visit today. So we were able to you know, test these things in a live sense. So those two things came together, Joan. We were running out of room at the old terminal. The trials with the automated technology were going well. So the decision was made, right, let's build a new terminal and we will build it from the word go as an automated terminal. And that opened in 2005. Mm. So if people <clears throat> are familiar with our environment or want to come down next open house day, it was opened in two stages, 2005, the first stage. And then in 2009, we built the birth 10 area of the terminal, mm. including that marvellous iconic control tower mm -hmm. that uh, mm. gives such a grand view of the port mm. and uh, Moreton Bay. Bit of a shout out too to the uh, Port of Brisbane. Mm. So it's, as you know, moved from being you know, government owned corporations, mm. now private enterprise. But the leadership of the Port of Brisbane have been uh, great partners with Patrick's mm. in this exercise from you know, early days. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just to digress on that, <clears throat> Brisbane is a very innovative port. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of things happening. You saw the double stack truck the other day. Yes, I instance. did. I did indeed. That so, was um, amazing. First in Australia. Mm -hmm. So there's plenty of firsts in Australia at the Port of Brisbane. Mm -hmm. I've had, I've been lucky enough, you know, blessed to visit ports overseas, many ports overseas. And I can tell you without um, fear of contradiction, Brisbane, it, its layout, its setup, uh, the way it operates, the community that animates the port uh, is the best I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Oh, that, it is a great port and um, third third largest and busiest in Australia. Yes, so, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And, and being a member of that thriving community is really important mm. uh, because it contributes so much not only to the local community but more importantly to our state. Yeah. And, you know, as an economic enabler and also to the rest of Australia too. Mm. Um, so did you have anything else that you'd like to add? Well, I'm pleased to, to, to have this opportunity because to your point, it, it is a very um, important aspect of, mm. you know, the, the economic powerhouse, which is South East Queensland. <clears throat> but I suspect if I went up to Queen Street Mall and asked 10 people, where's the Port of Brisbane? Mm. I'm not too sure they're all going to know. So it's a bit of a sort of a hidden gem. Mm. The port, as you recollect, has moved down the river. The port mm. used to be where South Bank was, yes. you know, in the early foundational days of the city of Brisbane. Um, then moved to where Customs House is now, mm. Newstead, mm. then down to Maritime Wharf and ultimately down to Fisherman Islands in, uh, what was it, uh, the, the 80s. Mm. So, um, you know, an opportunity to sort of perhaps, you know, bring to the attention... But, you know, to the citizens of Brisbane that we've got a port, mm. not just any port, a really good port mm. that exhibits world-class technology. Mm. I think it's something we can be really proud of. Oh, absolutely. And I've been talking about this um, just recently with um, some other community members about the value of that whole Australia trade coast yes. that goes all yes. along yeah. um, that industrial area. And what we're really fortunate with in this area, in Lytton, is my predecessor, Paul Lucas, mm. was really adamant and, uh, and brought about the um, environmental buffer zone between yes. residents and the port. Oh, that is so important. So, you yes. know, you, we can drive through other suburbs mm. where we see industry and properties interspersed and, you you know, they you don't, there's no real industrial area. 
Whereas um, that buffer zone really creates a, a, a mark to say this is where residence, residential ends and this is where industry begins. And I think that, you know... It sets this port off from others in Australia. Mm. If, if you go to the other capital city ports, we're not going to name ports, but one of them certainly is almost you know, in the centre of the city. That's right. And you know, there, are, there are obvious problems that flow from that as... You know, urban development encroaches on the port. There are also access issues in some ports. Brisbane, that's blessed in the manner mm. it's been set up from a mm. property management perspective. But equally, um, yeah, there are no barriers to bringing bigger ships in here. No. Ultimately, the channel will need to be dredged mm. somewhat. But you know, as ships get bigger, Brisbane is well-placed to pick those ships up. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, the, the mantra of the port is that they're the port of the future. Mm. And, and that's very much a, a statement of mm. fact. You know, in every sense. I mean, we have invested in taller cranes, cranes with higher out or greater outreach, simply because we do see this as the port of the future. Mm. And obviously, the great investment that you've made in the area. Mm. Uh, for many of our listeners, they would recognise and look over towards the port and see what they commonly call the giraffes in or the Or dinosaurs. Distance. Some people call them dinosaurs with the, <laughs> the booms up. That's but, right. Uh, and it's really, I mean, even as a kid, I grew up at Birkdale and I can remember looking out over to the port at night time and it was all twinkling and, you know, Patrick would have been there back in the day. So, mm. um, so mm. um, I wanted to thank you very much for coming in today. That's no, a pleasure. Matt, and um, always... Um, Stay in touch. And yes. for any of our listeners that want to go out and have a look, you can drive out to the port and you can drive past Patrick and see where Patrick Terminal is and see what they're doing and look out for next year's Open Just House. Open House. Yeah, yes. it's, a, it's, it's a fabulous um, opportunity to have a look at what goes on at the port and the workers that are out there, but also if you get a chance to go up to the tower and, mm. and, and have a look up there. And you get to see the um, computer screens and all the people busily working away, working away. Before we go, one of the things I did want to find out is, do you operate 24 hours a day? Every day except Christmas Day, subject to there being a demand. But we shut on Christmas Day, and uh, but every other day, yes. It's, and it's interesting you said that there's a, a less than a day turnaround for vessels that come yeah. in and they're unloaded and loaded. Yes. So that's amazing. What's, what's the largest container ship? Um, a number of containers that you've had through the port? So the biggest ship to call here uh, was 9,000, we call it TEU, 20-foot equivalent units. So nine, it, the ship can hold 9,000 20-foot containers. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's the biggest to come to Patrick, and we could handle that, you know, quite adequately. But, you know, for the information of your, your viewers, the biggest ship in the world today is 24,000 TEU. Now, yeah. I doubt we'll see a ship of that size come to Australia but I have no doubt we will see bigger ships as they cascade down from those mm. you know, equatorial trades that I mentioned earlier. So I, I think there is a lot to be said for ports that are consciously gearing up to handle the bigger ships, and we certainly are, mm. and the Port of Brisbane is. Mm. So to be honest, I think, you know, for business people generally, uh, southeast Queensland has so much going for it, mm. but the port infrastructure the capacity to expand, you can ship in and out of Brisbane with great certainty that this port and its infrastructure will support you going forward. Mm. Yeah. No, it's amazing. It mm. really is. And thank you so much for coming and sharing. Absolute pleasure. Uh, an industry that um, for many people, they just assume, oh, our cars come in, yep, okay. Well. No, no, they, they think it's, uh, to be honest with you, most people think it's fat guys in blue singlets with a sack on their shoulder. <laughs>
I guess okay. they do, yeah. There's a couple of fat guys left, but uh, <laughs> to be honest with you, it has all changed. Yeah, yeah, and it's not what you think it is. Yes, and I can I can agree with that. I, I've so what we should do for next year, Brisbane Open House, uh, this year they focused, you might recollect, on the Hurston uh, Medical Precinct. Oh, right. We should, mm. uh, you're yeah. fairly influential, so I'm led to believe, <laughs> we should speak to the Brisbane Open House people and make the focus mm. a precinct based on the port businesses this mm. year, or next year, rather. Yeah, I think that's an excellent idea. Why don't we do I'll, that? I'll look into that. Mm. We'll work together on that. Thank you so much for coming in today and sharing all the stories of the port. But most importantly, thank you for what, you know, Patrick Terminal does, keeping um, Brisbane ticking over in South East mm. Queensland, in fact, all of Queensland, with all of the exports and imports that you load and unload and all of the staff that work out there. So lovely to see you and thanks for sharing your stories. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Thanks very much. All the best. Well, thank you for joining us on this captivating journey through Lytton's local legends. I really hope that you enjoyed our insightful conversation with Matt Hollenby from Patrick Terminals. What we were able to achieve was to get a better understanding of the vital role that Patrick plays in our port and also the port itself. If you've loved the episode, please make sure that you subscribe to the Peace Podcast so you never miss the opportunity to discover more captivating stories of the extraordinary individuals who make Lytton the vibrant place that it is today. We'd love to hear your feedback and any suggestions for future episodes. Feel free to reach out to us on social media or through my website. And remember, it is your engagement that keeps this podcast alive and thriving. Join us next time as we continue our mission to celebrate the unsung heroes, the trailblazers and the fascinating stories that make Lytton a truly great place to call home. Until then, stay curious, stay inspired and keep celebrating the legends in our Bayside. This is Joan Pease, your host, signing off. Joan Pease, yes please. Joan Pease, yes please. Joan Pease, yes please.